Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are listening to the Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all new and mightier 1090 AM. Good afternoon on a beautiful Monday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mighty Air 1090 in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined as always by producer Jihei Wiley, Armani Buckets. We do have to start with the Los Angeles Lakers. It's Armani's Chicago Bulls versus, I guess, my Lakers because Jihei's more of a Clippers fan. Um, Listen, I, I, I allowed myself momentarily to believe that this team had turned the corner after that big shot by Austin Reeves against the Mavericks. I'm thinking, okay, maybe, the, you know, a start to a 3-0 road trip, which we said was a very attainable goal for the Lakers. They lose the next game to the Minnesota Timberwolves. The loss on the court was not the biggest deal. The fact that Anthony Davis is out for four weeks, at least a month, that's the bigger deal than you go in, into uh, Chicago, and it looks like they have a chance to win that game. And even when they had the lead late in the game, even when Carmelo hits those back-to-back threes, you, I mean, you've watched this team enough this season to, to think they're going to find a way to screw it up. They're going to find a way to kind of blow this game. And they did. And they did. And now uh, they are staring. If they lose to the Phoenix Suns on Tuesday, which looks like they likely will. I mean, the Suns right now have the best record in the league at 24-5. and five. They lose that game. We're talking about a 16 and 16 team, a 500 team through 32 games this season. Armani, would you? I mean, my guess is you were not concerned that your Chicago Bulls were going to lose this game the way that the Lakers have played recently. No, I was not concerned, actually. Um, the funny thing is, when Carmelo hit those threes, it was just like. All right, how how are they going to screw this up? Like you were mentioning, and it wasn't that they screwed it up necessarily. It was just that Demar Derozan is just incredible, which goes into the fact that the Lakers were pursuing Demar Derozan yeah. this offseason. Now, how realistic it was to attain him, I guess we won't really know because they were offering him five million a year when Demar Derozan <laughs> is playing a like top like a top five player in the NBA, and yeah. he's been doing that all season. So. To me, the takeaway of this weekend for the Lakers was the fact that Carl Anthony Towns kind of just destroyed them on Friday night and let them know about it multiple times when he was mic'd up. He was yeah. he was hilarious when he was mic'd up. And then Sunday night, it's DeMar DeRozan destroying them. So when you have, even without Anthony Davis, LeBron James and Russell Westbrook are still there. And I would say two games in a row, even though LeBron had... 31 14 and 6 and he was not not bad at all he wasn't shabby he still wasn't the best player on the floor and now you like you said you get phoenix on tuesday and phoenix is just a juggernaut right now Mm -hmm. so that could really three game losing streak starting the anthony davis absence that's a dangerous way to start life without ad Exactly. And and you look at where they would be at that point. Right now, they sit as the number seven seed, which would put them in that play-in uh, tournament. If they if they lose Tuesday, as we're projecting them to probably lose to the Phoenix Suns, dropping them to 16 and 16. I mean, they are right there with the Timberwolves, who are 500, with the Mavericks, who are around 500. E- 
even the Sacramento Kings have kind of turned around their season since parting ways with Luke Walton. Um, they're in that 7 to 10 seed range, which... Again, they're going to stay there. No Davis for a while. Really, I mean, like, when you talk about what this team can do to turn around their season, that was with uh, with Davis playing the majority of the games. With Westbrook, they got LeBron back. Without Davis, this really puts them in a position where, you know, they're going to be an inconsistent team for a while. Uh, G, did you get to watch the game and your thoughts? I mean, again, just the consistency is not there. Again, when you beat the Mavericks, you win three straight. And the way that they beat the Mavs was like, okay, maybe this could be the moment. Maybe maybe this could be the turnaround that, that they need. And now that they've lost two straight, it'll be three straight perhaps on Tuesday to Phoenix. It's just stop, start, stop, start. And again, that is the characteristics of a 500 team. I mean, I pretty much watched football all day yeah, yeah. Um, yesterday, but this just sh- co- goes to show you that not only do they need AD, but they need bo- both juggernauts. They need yeah. LeBron and they need AD, and they need both of them to be at max- maximum capacity. Yeah. They're just, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, and you can see the loss um, in the play that you can... Um, that I watched last night. Yeah, it just just inconsistency time and time again with this team. And the problem is that there's no way to get like out of this rut right now. Like there's no solution, you know, cuz I was, you know, for a while and they may still stay they may still do this. Frank Vogel's not the problem again. Like, you know, if if uh, again, poor Frank Vogel was in uh, health and safety protocols himself. So David Fisdale, as I've kind of said before, if something were to happen to Frank Vogel, if the Lakers were to part ways with him, David Fisdale would be the next head coach of this team. It's not the head coaching that that's not the problem for this team. The head coach is not the problem for this team. And the issue for the Lakers right now is that if you're trying to find a way to turn the corner on this season, if you're trying to find a way to, you know, get these guys all on the same page, well, that's impossible to do without one of the big three for the foreseeable future. And again, it's important to keep in mind, he's out for at least four weeks. What does that mean? At the four-week mark, they will reevaluate him. When they reevaluate him, they could say he's out for another week two, three, or more. Again, this happened a year ago when he was out for 30 games. And when 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 he came to Los Angeles, a lot of people who were around the Pelicans said that this could be a problem for him. At the same time, though, you're talking about a player at that point in time, top five player in the league, in the prime of his career, still 28 years old. And I think no matter what happens, and I, and I think and I hope that he comes back and he's back to the player that, that he was. In no circumstance do, do, do the Lakers regret making this trade. Why? Because, listen, they won a championship. And those are so rare to do. So you have to figure out, you know, what does the future hold for him? And also the future for this team. Because the idea was at this point in time, LeBron would still be playing. But effectively, to the keys to the car, the keys to the franchise would have been passed at this point on. That's not the case. And it's really hard to do when you're talking about a player who has missed the number of games that he has. Again, he, he missed 30 games a year ago. He will likely miss that and more this year. So what do you do? Like, 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 would, if you are the GM of the uh, of the Lakers, if you're Rob Palinka, do you say that this is still the centerpiece of the future, or do you try to again hard to package a trade for a guy who just signed a hundred hundred million dollar contract? But 
Is this still a guy you could build a championship team around? Around is a, is a broad word. I would say that he can be a piece on a title team. Can he be the guy? No. He could never be the guy on a title team. The guy on a title team was LeBron, yeah. and then AD was 1B, and he was incredible in the bubble. He was. The problem is that this is who he was, and when you basically sell your soul for the championship, now you have to pay the repercussions of selling it. It's The, the repercussions are that you could see a window here in the next three to five years that could get rough. It could get really rough. As a Chicago Cubs fan, the Cubs had a similar, they, they won in 2016, and then they went downhill because it was kind of like they sold out for that one, mm. and when you sell out for that one, sometimes the back end of that can be ugly. With Anthony Davis, he's still an elite player, but the thing is the disparity between him and the guys that he was in the same category as, the Giannis's, the KD's, all those guys that were supposed to be the guys, yeah. it's just growing wider and wider, the margin between them. And now you have the new wave of stars like the Donovan Mitchells, the John Morants, the Jokic's that are now even passing him by themselves as well. So now it's like, who is Davis and how can we rely on him? The answer is, you you really are stuck. This is this is the team. This is going to be the team for at least the next few years, including probably Westbrook. So the only thing Palinka can do is win on the margins. Get guys like Austin Reeves. Get guys like that that can at least, the supporting cast can be better. That's their only real hope at, at turning this around. Yeah, I mean, because when you look at the contracts, I mean, there's really nothing that they can do in the short term. And when I say the short term, next season, Russell Westbrook will be the highest paid Laker. He is this year at $44.2 million. Next year, Russell Westbrook, and when you wonder why it's hard or almost impossible to, to trade him, next year, he is making $47 million. He will be the highest player, paid player on the team. LeBron due to make $44 million. And Anthony Davis due to make $37 million. Now, Davis is signed for two years beyond that. He is the only player uh, following the 2022-23 season. Russell will be a free agent. LeBron will, uh, too. So, you know, you do have to figure out who do you want to build the team around. And to your point, when you're compared to, to Giannis Antetokounmpo, again, the centerpiece of a championship team, the most valuable player, that's not AD. There was a thought that he could be that kind of a player and that if he came to Los Angeles and played alongside LeBron and he would learn something from LeBron. I mean, the fact that we're here less than 15 months ago, we have to remember they won a championship together. And I am amazed. And I mean, I just never thought that this would happen 15 months since then. Frank Vogel's on the hot seat. I don't know if he'll be able to survive. Again, if the Lakers are 20 and 20 midway through the year. Like, I, I, I don't know if Vogel can survive that. Do you think the injury bought Vogel time? Do you think it could have. You know, and the biggest thing that bought him time, with the, and this is not a small thing, again, 15 months ago, the guy won a championship. I mean, so they, they, they do not want to make a coaching change just for the sake of a coaching change. I mean, again, 15 months ago, less than 15 months ago, Frank Vogel was in the bubble with these guys and won a championship. They have a lot of respect for him. And I don't think he's lost the locker room. This is not a situation where the players are like, this guy's got to go and this guy's terrible. But 
Yes, it, it has. But, but the, 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 there will come a point in the season, and we're really getting close to it right now, where it's like, you know, if we make a coaching change, would that be worth a couple of wins? Like, would that bring this team closer together? And I don't think that that's the case right now. But the issue is that 15 months since the championship, a guy that you thought would be the centerpiece of the future of this team, a guy that you wanted to give a five-year, you know, $100 million, $100 million contract to, or sorry, four years, but it is that he's, he's not that kind of a player, and you can't depend on him. And a guy, a guy who's that size and getting hurt the, at the pace that he is, to miss 30-plus games per season, hard to depend on a player like that I mean no doubt like it you always think that somebody like this like this is the reason why he got the contract isn't it yeah right like he got that multi-billion dollar hundred plus million dollar contract because he was supposed to be the guy yeah um to compare him though to like a KD or anything like that I think is ridiculous I I don't think that that's fair Uh, that's not fair to him that's not fair to KD that's not fair to Giannis statistically speaking I mean it was amazing when he came here I mean, he was top five, like, all time in certain statistics. Like, when you looked at points per games, rebounds, assists, like, what he had done in his time, he was in that conversation. And then, to, to, to be honest, again, 15 months ago, look, look at the stats that he had. I mean, there was talk of him being the most valuable player in the finals the year that he had, in the postseason that he had. So... He was in that conversation when the most valuable player would come up. He was in the top five. He was like third in voting or fourth in voting or second in voting. I mean, he was he was in that class. The problem is there's a difference between being in that class and leading your team to a championship and and doing what he's, you know, it's not his fault that he's getting hurt. But you have to be dependable. You have to be on the court for your team. Even when they won in the bubble, his best skill was his ability to guard one through five. Any Anytime somebody set a screen on him, he could switch out and just lock anybody up, including especially in the finals. The problem with Davis was even in the year that they won, in my opinion, the offense was the same as it is now. Give him the ball in the mid post and isolate and then take a contested mid-range jump shot. Yeah. And when those are going in, it looks like he's a great player. When those are not going in, it might be one of the worst offensive possessions that you can have because yeah. you can't get an offensive rebound and nothing really else can come of it except if you make the shot. And that's the thing is like Davis never... We saw this with Dwight Howard back when he was in his prime. Is He never really had that adjustment to his game when... With Dwight, it was his athleticism kind of dipping. With Davis, it might be the same thing. It's not... They're, they're, they don't adjust. AD really didn't ever develop a post game like that yeah i mean that's that's youth though that's like you solely relying on your athleticism you solely relying on your um you know you just being able to 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 guard like effort you know um i I think that once that goes by the wayside this is where lebron thrives Um, this is where michael jordan thrived this is where like kobe thrived because they took the game and they took it to another level where they were like you know what i'm gonna learn about how to be able to adjust to all this because my body is not where, what it used to be. And unfortunately, AD is just relying on his body. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Thoughts on player efficiency. That was a number like a lot of uh, people around the league like PER. And when they made the trade, this was a stat that I thought was fascinating. In PER, 
the top three all time, not just in a particular season, all time back in 2019. So who knows how this is adjusted. Michael Jordan was number one at 27.91. LeBron James was number two at 27.59. And number three was Anthony Davis at 27.42. Just to kind of, just to put into perspective where he was like as a player, statistically speaking, and what he did on the court. So, you know, when they made that that, that deal, I said, no matter what happens, A, they got a transcendent top five player currently at that particular time. And I said, if they can win a championship with him, those are so rare to do. And Laker fans finally, for a long time, appreciated how much it meant to win because they were one of the worst teams in the league for six years. I said, so if this guy can come here, top five player in the league, and leads you to a championship, well, you know, we'll, I don't, I never thought he would hit a wall, and I'm not saying he has, but I'm saying, like, no matter what, that trade was a success. Just on a random aside, you know, when the Tampa Bay Bucks made the trade for John Gruden as the head coach, people were like, well, that's a lot of first-round picks for a head coach. I said, well, you know, if he leads you to a Super Bowl, you're not going to think that's a lot because, again, those are so rare to do, and you would write a blank check to get that. And so no matter what, no matter what happens this season, next season, and for the duration of his contract, he came here, and for one year they had an amazing season, and they won a championship. So I, I mean, I, I totally agree with you, but at the same time, they won that championship not just with Anthony Davis. No, but they needed him to win it. 100%. Yeah. So yeah. that's, yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Uh, so we'll, yeah. Do you think if, let's, let's, hypothesize that AD becomes bubble AD. How much better is this Laker team with that version of Davis? Are they a... Yeah, well, so oh, he, that's a 180, I think. I, but the problem with this team is I, I, I think that they would get to their ceiling this year, which is, again, they put themselves in such a hole that I think their ceiling is the number four seed. And right now, if they continue to fall, it may not even be the four. But let's just say they get to the four. And let's just say they're in that four or five matchup and they win that first round. Even if Davis is playing to his potential, it's going to be really hard for them, in my view, to beat the Suns if fully healthy in the Warriors. So... And no matter what, that would be a, a, a failure for this team. Again, they, they were built to win a championship, of course. That goes, w w that goes without saying. But, like, if that team fails to make it out of the second round, like, and again, it, it, it's, it's no knock on, like, KD, because I think, like, if he turns his season around, if he becomes the player that we thought he could be, the Warriors and the Suns are just really good. And the Lakers have shown this year they're a 500 team. Again, we've seen them healthy. We've seen them healthy. And I think players sometimes want to make excuses for, you know, why they're not playing up to, to their potential, this, that, and the other. The pieces just don't fit. And this is not, you know, a, a, a new thing. People said that from the beginning of this season. I just want to say I was right. I, I know. I just want to say I was right. You were, you were uh, one of many people who said, listen, the pieces just don't fit. I think you thought the same thing, right? When you looked at the makeup of this team, you're like, I don't, I don't know how this guy is going to play with that guy. What lineups are they going to use? The fact that, like, uh, Isaiah Thomas, they just signed him off the G League. He started, right? Didn't yeah. he start last yeah, night? He did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I mean, this team, and we've, I, I, at least I've said it, this team just, 
it doesn't make sense. No. Right? It doesn't make sense. And the age um, the age gap doesn't make sense. Like, the fact that they're piling on that age doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that they don't have all these support players as well that are going to help. Kobe won a championship with support players. He yeah. won with these guys that were willing to help him along. And yeah. It, it, this just doesn't fit. And that was the key with that team, you know, because when you look at that team, yes, it was Kobe and Powell, but then, like, everyone knew their role. Lamar knew his role. Fisher knew his role. Like, Andrew Bynum, you go down the list. Like, everyone knew what they had to do. With this team, again, we're 36 games in or 38 or whatever, and the guys still don't know what their role is. and Or if they do, they're they're not playing to their potential. They're not doing what they have to do. And I get COVID's a thing, but this is uh, this this team had problems long before COVID. All right, let's leave it there for now. A lot to get into. We didn't even touch on the the, the Rams playing the Seahawks tomorrow. They did not play yesterday. We got the Clippers tonight against the Spurs. A lot to get into. We'll talk about that all all that and more when we come back here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. We will be right back with the Arash Markazi Show. And you are listening to a new generation of radio. The all-new and mightier 1090 AM. You're listening to the Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all-new and mightier 1090 AM. When we come around... Welcome back to the Rosh Markazi Show on the Mighty Air 1090 in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. This is the portion of the show where the great listeners of the show can ask us some questions. And uh, Jihang, how can they do that? That's right, guys. You can email us because we're old school like that. I know, Armani, like, this is a normal thing for you, but... <laughs> For us, we didn't really grow up with the email, I guess. Like, we were, like, got the, it, like in the, the late cusp. 90s. Yeah, we were, like, on the cusp <laughs> of the email. Um, but you can email us at show at gmail.com. That is all lowercase A-R-A-S-H-M-A-R-K-A-Z-I-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Leads us to our first question from Harlem Lundy from West Hollywood, who asks, do you agree with the NFL testing list and only testing people with symptoms? Listen, they're doing this because they have to get the season. Uh, they, they, they have to play the season. They're, they, 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 as bad as the past week or so has been, um, they're not going to continue to postpone games. They're for sure not going to cancel games. Every game will be played. Every game will be played in front of a capacity crowd. They are not going to pause the season. Now, what, what we had happen was some games got postponed. So the Raiders-Cleveland Browns game tonight was supposed to be, be played on Sunday. Tomorrow, the Rams will play the Seahawks at SoFi Stadium. That game was supposed to be on Sunday. These games will happen. And they're not going to refund your ticket. If you can get to the game, the game will happen. They're not going to give back any money to the uh, TV partners. These games will happen. These are decisions that, that are being made because they have to play out the season. And, I mean, look at what's happening with COVID now in terms of how quickly players can test positive and how quickly they are back on the field and back on the court. Again, you have had situations where literally 24, um, you know, a player test positive one day afterwards, they are back on uh, the, the team plane and the team facility back playing 
again. Yeah, this this is common sense in my personal opinion. Um, granted, it's a money grab, 100, yeah. percent because and if nobody knows that about the NFL, hopefully you know now. Yeah, um, it's it's just a money grab. But at least they're you know guys that are not that are asymptomatic are and show no signs of you know hey I have COVID or anything like that. These guys are really healthy guys, and they're surrounded yeah. by other healthy guys. So I just think that this is a common sense money grab by the NFL. Yeah, and listen, at, at some point in time. The reason that I say this is that these leagues have basically moved on. And here's why I say that. They're, They're basically saying now, if you've been fully vaccinated and you are showing no symptoms, we're going to stop testing you. Now, people can say, well, what's the reasoning behind that? At some point, we have moved past. 2020 we do have a vaccine and if we're going to push the vaccine and say all right you know you're fully vaccinated you got both doses you got the booster you're showing no symptoms like you you do have to allow these people to return to to life and so you know i i don't know if that's the right call or the wrong call i agree with it i i do agree with it i mean think about this when you go to like an event, right? And you show your your card or you show on your phone that you're fully vaccinated or that you've not tested positive. They, they don't test you again there, you know? So I, at some point we have to allow these people to move on. Yeah, I'm, I'm with that. I mean, I know that it's gonna be a slippery slope, but the thing is that this is the, the problem with the NBA right now. It's like you have to pick a lane. Do you wanna keep testing and then have possibly games being postponed canceled and we don't know when things are going to get better that's the yeah. other that's a dilemma that we're facing with the NFL you know it's 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 tough to make up the weeks on the back that's, end of the yeah. season so i get why they they would have to do that the nba it's going to be interesting cuz christmas is in a week exactly a week yeah. correct yeah no in 5 days excuse me um and with that it's like they would probably have postponed or suspended the season if it wasn't for the christmas revenue so it definitely is definitely a money grab as you were saying jihe yeah, yeah no uh, so you know every everybody's just I guess we're just going to have to get on board with this, right? Yeah. Um, thank you so much, Harlan, for that question. We're going to move forward to Anthony Wood, uh, Woodard from Corona, who asks, what do you think about Dak Prescott's fashion sense with the upside-down Dallas hat? So you have to explain this one to me. So what, he had like a hat that was upside down or what? what so uh, no, so um, during a press conference, during a post-game press conference, uh, Dak Prescott had a uh a hat that literally it said, yeah, uh, Armand is actually backwards. Or? No, no, oh, it was da- literally upside, upside down. Da- I see, I it see. says Dallas, and it's completely upside down. So, okay. like, is this like, you know, him maybe promoting a brand? It like, I, I have so Armani would be brand. good with this because I that's probably like something that the kids are doing, right? <laughs> something that the <laughs> must be for like the, the cool millennials kids. out there, the cool kids out I, there. I, I have know. not seen this before, but it looks cool. I mean, the hat is basically yeah, Dallas backwards, upside down. Um, were people taking offense to this? Were the Cowboys <laughs> fans? No, I just thought it was a really interesting thing. Like when I actually saw it during the post game press conference, I was like, "What are you trying to do, man? Like yeah. maybe he's just trying to make a statement. Maybe this is for a cause. Um, I have not looked it up. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I I don't know, but I'm with you. Kind of looks cool, even though I hate that." It's it's a good look. It's it's not as controversial as some of the outfits that you see the NBA players wearing yeah. from time to time. But no, I, I like the hat. I mean, um, in that state, you know, with the Texas Longhorns, 
it, usually doing things upside down is, is yeah, not, not they a don't, good. They don't like that. Yeah, they don't like when you throw the hookum horns the, the opposite <laughs> right. way. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's interesting to see that he, he pulled that off, though. Yeah. No, yeah. And it's also important to know that the that he wore that uh, following the Cowboys' victory over the New York Giants. So that was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, th- thanks for <laughs> pouring salt in the wound there. And um, I knew we were eventually going to get to it, but you know what? To be honest with you, it's I mean, it is a Duke basketball season. It is no longer <laughs> it is no longer a NFL season for me. So, gee, what's okay so college hoops has really hit the pause button. I mean, that is the one in the non-conference schedule. They're not going to play those games again. So, I mean, the largest number of canceled games is college hoops right now. There's a lot of non-conference games: UCLA, North Carolina, USC. In Oklahoma State, and you go down the list. I mean, the number of non-conference college hoops games that have been canceled—that um, I'm worried about because I, I college mean, this, hoops is, yeah. I mean, I feel like they're just trying to keep their kids and the um, the coaching staff safe. Yeah. To be honest with you, um, I mean, it's still a long season, just like the NBA. It's mm-hmm. relatively long. It's, this isn't the NFL, right? Where like literally every single game matters. Yeah. Um, so I, I think they're trying to keep them safe. Um, I'm hoping they're trying to keep them safe at least. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's disheartening for sure. Um, you would hope that you know players would actually be the reason why you cancel the games. Um, I, I don't know. I, the, this whole th- this whole thing kind of has me shook. It's gonna it's gonna happen. It's just gonna happen. I'm just glad that there's at, at least there's games. Oh yeah, right. Like there's something going on in college basketball. There, there's constant uh, games happening in college basketball. Uh, thank you, Anthony, for that interesting question uh, about Dak Prescott. Fashion, love yeah, fashion yeah. questions. I do, I do. Uh, moving on to Luke Bando from Yorba Linda, who asks, "Where? Uh, what were your thoughts about Tiger?" and his son Charlie playing with one another this past weekend, not only playing with men as a 12-year-old, but just playing with his father um, just in general. No, that, that, that was amazing. And by the way, I mean, like, kind of like the subplot there is that T- Tiger was in a serious car accident not that long ago. I mean, it was less than a year ago, I think. And when we first saw the car, saw reports, I mean, we were really concerned about Tiger Woods' life. Would he walk again? Forget about playing golf. I mean, so the fact that a year since then, I think it's been about a year, um, not only is he walking and playing golf, but he's playing golf with his son. And, and I go back to a conversation that I had with Kobe um, years ago well not years ago I mean this is uh, right before he passed um, he said genetics are a real thing you know when he and Gianna were like playing and practicing together I mean like the way that she would like fold her arms and like bite her jersey and play basketball was exactly like Kobe I mean when you did like a side by side of of Kobe and Gigi I mean they they just look the same and he was like dude genetics are a real thing and I thought of that when I saw Tiger and Charlie just the way that he plays did you uh, see the side by side comparison that SportsCenter did on their Instagram no with them? oh it's, it's amazing great. so no. it's um, it's literally like on the top is Tiger um, just hit, hit, maybe like hitting off like the tee I don't even know like what hole it would have been same exact form same exact stroke that Charlie does and it's on the bottom of it. Yeah. And it's like, and then the way that they like, they twirl uh, the club and they bring it down, exact same. Wow. So they, they have the exact same mannerisms. They walk on, um, they walk on the green the yeah. exact same way. It's phenomenal. And like, watch it on Instagram. It's really, really great. Um, you said it, you know, Arash, like this poor man, he's in pain. You can kind of see it. Oh, yeah. But he, 
kind of sucked it up and just played like a champ with these guys. But this kid is going to be better than his his father. Which, I mean, that's saying a lot. I mean, his father is, is. the goat. But It, it yeah. is, but dude. That, which would be, by the way, Tiger would love that if that happened. I mean, that is so course. cool. Yeah. It's he, so rare, though, generally speaking, because it's like, if you have a great father... Like it's it's just hard to like I mean because that's a lot of pressure like you know the the the, the son of um, Michael Jordan I remember like he tried to play basketball and then, generally speaking I mean that's just so much pressure but I think he likes it this kid loves it one hundred percent he can he can live under the pressure eleven birdies by the way during this wow. tournament the kid's twelve that's crazy eleven birdies and the kid's twelve and he's just having a good time with his dad he yeah. grew up on a golf course like oh, yeah, yeah granted Tiger grew up you know playing as well exactly. but not like him like his backyard. Is a physical um, course. Yeah, like, they literally grew up um, just playing on a course. So it was just great to see Tiger just kind of relaxing. To be honest with you, um, at least in his, you, you could see it in his in his face, his facial expression. I uh, have to bring up something else also because I brought up Kobe today is the 16 year anniversary, and a lot of people say like, you know, what's your favorite Kobe game? There's a lot out there. Kobe scoring 62 points in three quarters against the Mavericks. And the, the reason that that was so amazing to me is that the Mavericks that year went to the finals. If you remember, that was the year that they probably should have beaten the Heat. The refs, I don't know what the deal they made with Dwayne Wade. I mean, again, the, the Mavericks were, in my view, the best team in the league that year. Through three quarters, Kobe outscored the entire Mavericks 62 to 61. As a game, though, at that point, the game was out of hand. It was 95-61. I know the facts behind this because, like, not only was I at the game, I did a story about it. Favorite story about that. Uh, Brian Shaw, who was an assistant coach, former teammate of Kobe's, knew how historical that game was. There had only been three players in league history to score 70 points. Will Chamberlain... Uh, Elgin Baylor, David, uh, David uh, Robinson. Brian Shaw goes up to Kobe and says, Kobe, you, you want to stay in? Hit 70 and we'll t- take you out. It's a pretty significant number. Kobe looked up at the scoreboard and said, nah, like I'm good. And Brian Shaw was actually really upset because he said, Kobe, like you'll regret this. You're never going to be in this position again. Stay in. Get 70, which will be in like two minutes, and we'll take you out. Again, Kobe looked up at the scoreboard and said, I'll do it when we really need it. I'll get it when it really matters. And Brian Shaw was still upset. He's like, I'll do it when we need it. One month later, dropped 81 points against Toronto Raptors. And the thing about that game that people don't remember it wasn't like he was, you know, just shooting a shoot. The Lakers were down almost that entire game. Like he had to score almost every one of those points for them to come back and win the game. So the fact that he scores 62 and three quarters and Brian Shaw's like, dude, just do something that only three other guys have ever done. Kobe's like, no, I'm good. So I love that game. Love that story. I mean, the fact that he even goes goes in and tells Shaw, like, no, I'm good. Yeah, I'll, uh, the, I'll so do it Kobe when we need it. It's so Kobe-esque. Shaw was so upset. So, so Kobe-esque. Um, thank you, Luke, by the way, for that question, for that Tiger question, because we rarely get golf questions, by the we way. So. But that was sort of like a fun question, because it was, it was, like, you don't even need to be a golf fan to appreciate, like, that's father-son 
yeah, relationship, you know, yeah. in those moments, yeah. Yeah, it kind of makes them look all human. Yeah. Right? Um, again, thank you so much for that question. We're going to move on to Devin Semenia uh, from Echo Park, who asks, did the Lakers lose last night's game, or did the Bulls dominate the game? They didn't dominate, but I mean, listen, I was teasing with our money buckets over here that I was like, even after the back-to-back threes from, from Carmelo, I've seen this team enough times where I'm thinking... I don't want to say blow it because it's not like they have like a big lead, but I'm like, they got the lead, but I have, I have no confidence in them closing this game out. Defensively, second chance points, things like that. So yes, listen, the Lakers didn't necessarily blow it because it's not like they had this like huge lead. I mean, we've seen them do that many times this year. This wasn't one of those games, but man... I mean, the ability to close out, this team does not have that ability. Like, this is the one team that, like, even if they're up by 10 points with two minutes left, like, I've, that's going to be a one, possess, one, possess, one possession game at the end for sure. Yeah, I mean, I really, you know, thought that they were going to choke the lead, but then they had a couple looks at the end that reminded me of the Dallas game that I thought maybe that they're going to spark some magic at the end there, but it just, it wasn't like they lost that game. It was just more that it, the Bulls didn't dominate either, but it was more just about DeMar DeRozan and how ridiculously awesome he was last night, especially in the fourth quarter. The guy had 19 points in the fourth quarter, 38 on the game. So it was more just about him and his excellence. And that's going to happen throughout the course of a long season. Yeah, yeah I mean... <sighs> I'm not going to lie to you, I didn't watch this game, so I just watched no. the highlights, and it just looked like the Lakers had a chance to come back, right? They had, like, which I didn't think it was going to happen, to be honest with you. I thought the Bulls, after that that major lull of not being able to play yeah. for X amount of you know, games, were just going to come back, like, so anxious to play and just maybe dominate the game, but they didn't, like, it looked like the Lakers had a chance to come back and just... Yeah, and they and they did, and they kind of had the momentum, and Carmelo is just like, oh, man, back-to-back threes. He's doing that thing with like, his head, and everything's fantastic. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm watching that going... They're, they're not, again, I don't want to use the word blowout, because when you're up by three, it's not like, you know, it's not a huge... But, again, a, a championship team, and, again, this is what we thought that they could be this year. Clearly, they're not, at least right now. They find a way to come back. They find a way to close out games. I mean, I remember there was a game that we were all watching not too long ago, and they're up by 10, 15 points. And I'm like, don't, don't change the channel. I mean, this will be a one-possession one game at the end, and it was. And so it's just the ability to close out quarters, the ability to close out games is not there with this team this year. Uh, G, do we have another question? So we don't have another question, but I have another question. Right. Okay, so Clippers play tonight. Yes. Um, 7.30 this evening against San Antonio. W- what lineup do you think is, go- is going to ensue? What lineup do you think is going to dominate? Um, and on top of it, do we think that even the Clippers will dominate because they're sitting at 16 and 14? Right I don't now. think they're going to dominate. I, I, that, that's a good question because, you know, with this team, I'm not exactly sure, you know, who's going to be a- available, who's going to play... Um, like considering COVID and everything like that. Well, like, that's the other thing. You know, who's available? I mean, like, I'm literally, you, you got, like, Woj and Shams. And, like, during, you know, the summer, it's like, who's going to get signed where? Who's talking to who? Whatever. This month, it's all about who's entered health and safety protocols, who's cleared health and safety protocols. I mean, 
this is not only a big thing in basketball. This is a big thing in hockey right now. By the way, they have shut down cross-border travel. The number of hockey games that have been canceled or postponed, I mean, through the Christmas break. And again, I think this will be the case through January. I don't think those players are going to be going to the Olympics. So, I mean, this is something that through January... But I'm really hoping that once we get past January, once we once we get past the holidays and things like that, that things will be able to kind of calm down somewhat. And um, I think that you're very optimistic when it comes to stuff like that because I think no. That but you're thinking like we're never going to go back to like canceling a season. We're never going to go back to playing games in front of. I mean, you're you're seeing the leagues do it right now. The fact that a player can test positive on Monday and be back on the court Tuesday that that's, that that changes everything. So I think. From the pandemic shutting down sports, we are closer to the end than like people are like, oh, we're going back to where we were. No, where we were a year ago, they shut down sports for four and a half months. They, they were playing games on a soundstage in Florida. That will never happen again, whether it's being dictated by science or finances or a combination of both. The fact of the matter is, is we're gonna get positive cases, but you can test positive again on a Monday and be back playing on Tuesday. That is a huge change. Now, this past week has been really tough, but I don't foresee a scenario unless there's this, this new variant that comes into play that that's, that that's gonna, again, they're not worried about players being positive in not being able to kind of come back again some of them don't have symptoms but uh, yeah uh, but to your point uh, or to your question G I like the Clippers tonight I'm, I'm assuming Paul George is going to come back at some point I don't I don't really know I mean I, I would hope so <laughs> right like eventually because yeah. wasn't it wasn't it one of those things that he was out for rest and he was also out for for like partial injury. Yeah, so. yeah. But listen, and by the way, if you want to go to the Clippers game tonight, and I say this as someone just relaying the information, some Clipper fans always take this as like a knock, and I'm like, no, like this is like a really good deal. This is why I go to games. Clippers Spurs tickets can be had for $6. If you go on StubHub or if you go on TickPick or whatever, you can go on those uh, websites and get tickets for Clippers games for 6 bucks. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. The Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all new and mightier 1090 AM. Hustle for the cash so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.